Hello and welcome to the Clinician's Roundtable on ReachMD XM157. It's football season and our topic today is the team physician. I'm Dr. Sherwin Ho from the University of Chicago and my guest today is Dr. Pierce Scranton, a practicing orthopedic surgeon in Seattle, ex-president of the NFL Physician Society, former team physician for the Seattle Seahawks and author of Playing Hurt, Treating and Evaluating the Warriors of the NFL. Pierce, welcome to the show, and thanks so much for taking the time to talk to our physician audience here on ReachMD. My pleasure. Pierce, in addition to the commitment and costs of being a team physician, particularly for a professional football team, there must be other extraordinary demands on the team physician. Tell us about what it's like to operate on a multi-million dollar franchise athlete or perhaps make the difficult decision to keep him or her out of a game or games. There must be a lot of pressure on you as the surgeon when the player, the team, the coach, the owner, the whole city, for that matter, is riding on this player, making it back. That really comes to the heart of the pressure that you can experience. And there are three little quick vignettes that I'll give you that exemplify the kind of burden that you bear. One, a very, very sad one, and two very good ones. We had picked up a nose tackle uh, from Houston whose name was Short Dog. And we always laughingly said he was short for his height because he was about six feet tall and 325 pounds. And he had a terrible shoulder, and in the offseason I operated on him. And he was going to be a key part of our defensive scheme. We were playing a 3-4 scheme that time. And about a month and a half after the surgery, our trainer, Jimmy Weitzel, said, Hey, Pierce, you need to see Short Dog. There's there's something really funny going on here. This There's something that's not right. It's like his shoulder muscles are like a bag of worms. And never having seen that before, and of course, the first thing that goes through my mind is a shot of terror, like I've just somehow operated on uh, his shoulder and ruined his brachial plexus, and I'm, I'm, I'll have to leave town. <laughs> so he came down, and unfortunately, what he had was Lou Gehrig's disease, and he was dead within uh, two months. Uh, it was a, a terrible event uh, which shook us all up. And that is one of the things uh, when you look a young man in the eye and you know what's wrong and you say you need to go home now and you need to be with your family. And he's saying, but what, I'm not finished rehabbing my shoulder yet. Uh, so that is uh, that was a very, very difficult time for me uh, when I was team physician with the Seahawks. On the bright side, wonderful man, Garrison Hurst from the 49ers came up he had had a very bad ankle fracture and had part of his ankle bone die, the talus, and he'd been operated on multiple times by other doctors unsuccessfully and was told, you should have your ankle fused, your career is over. And I did an operation on Garrison that very few people had done, and it was funny because when I looked him in the eye, I knew he was going to get better. Although it wasn't until three and a half hours into the operation that I knew it was going to be successful, and it was something that had never been done before. And the next year, Garrison was uh, All-Pro, Comeback Player of the Year, and was four more years in the NFL. And that was, to me, very, very gratifying. The final event on a very high-profile athlete was Kurt Warner, who blew out his knee after leading us to the AFC Championship. And five guys were holding press conferences on how his knee should be fixed, and uh, at that time, agents weren't as powerful as they were now, and and his particular agent uh, actually trusted us at Seattle, and all they wanted us to do was to call them to let them know how the surgery came out. And it turned out he'd blown out his ACL. It was before the days of MRI, and I reconstructed him, 
and he was the first majors uh, running back ever to come back from an ACL. The next year he rushed for 1,400 yards and had three more 1,000-yard rushing seasons, and it was really one of the most gratifying professional moments I'd ever had, working both with Garrison and Kurt, two fine young men who never forgot their roots and never forgot to be grateful uh, you know, for the care that they got. So that was some real rewards and one sad story of professional athletics. To change the subject just a little bit, the landscape has changed nowadays. We have free agency, and that leads to shorter stays with a specific team and um, you know, shorter time of contact with that team physician. Has free agency led to better medical care for professional athletes or worse? Well, it depends on uh, a number of things. What it has done is changed forever the relationship of the team physician to the athlete. Because it used to be, before the advent of free agency, you would draft someone, you know, as the Seattle Seahawks would, and I believe that you would have their playing rights for at least seven years. And you might even have them on a developmental squad or hide them on injured reserve for a year or two while you're developing someone who could potentially be a starter and even excel in the NFL. Uh, we sometimes have over 100 people on our roster, <laughs> you know, most of them on injured reserve, and they're young players that the club just didn't want to let go. But two things happened. Free agency occurred, and the league agreed that that could no longer happen, that people couldn't be stashed on IR and then be brought up as needed. And what would happen then is in the old days, you'd have somebody and be taking care of them as their doctor for seven years, and they trusted you you developed a, a true doctor-patient relationship. And during that time, they would see other people that you had taken care of who got better. And, and they would say, you know, Dr. Scran's a good doctor. But with the new three-year free agency rules, a player can opt out. And so they're all moving. They're all moving where the money goes. Uh, so a player who's been with one club for three years who's never been hurt, he comes to your club. He has no idea who you are. He gets hurt. And the first thing he does is he calls his agent and says, says, he calls his agent and says, hey, who should I go to? You know, I mean, I don't know if I want to go to this team physician. I don't even know who he is. And what that has led to is a great deal of disruption in the delivery of medical care because you wind up with half of the people that get hurt on your team leaving town to be operated on by somebody you don't know. You have no idea of the quality of surgery, and then you're supposed to clear them to get back on the field. So from the, the standpoint of the team physician, it made our life a lot more difficult when free agency came. From the standpoint of the agents, it actually made them much more powerful because they could pull their players out of a club merely as a power play to say, by the way, guys, I control this player. And we would have even you know fourth-string scrubs who only made the team because our number one starter was, was hurt in the beginning, whip a guy out of town just as a message to the club, you know I'm an important agent and I will take my players where the care is best, you know, even though it would be a simple torn cartilage or something. So it's it's been an interesting political evolution of the delivery of care. If you're just joining us, welcome to the Clinician's Roundtable on ReachMD, XM157, the channel for medical professionals. This is the Sports Medicine Show and our topic today is the team physician. I'm Dr. Sherwin Hohen. My guest today is Dr. Pierce Scranton, author of Playing Hurt, Treating and Evaluating the Warriors of the NFL. And if you're interested in more of what Pierce has to say about the inside dealings of an NFL uh, team physician and taking care of uh, football 
athletes. You can pick up his book, uh, Playing Hurt. Pierce, where can they find your book? At this point in time, they could get it on Amazon.com. And uh, it's been several years it's been published. It uh, came out in hardback and paperback. And you can find it on Amazon.com. Can you briefly share some of your knowledge on the dangers of long-term steroid use and its possible physical and mental and psychiatric effects on athletes? Knowledge that our audience of physicians can use to educate their uh, patients and the athletes, coaches, trainers, families, etc.? Well, steroids, I think, represent an extremely dangerous way to enhance training and physical performance. And I think that we should review a little bit about what they do and their history in the NFL and uh, things that are public record regarding their use and their outcome. Everyone up until 1986 had the ability to use steroids. They weren't tested for, you know, in the NFL. And many players at the collegiate level, when I was taking care of the Pitt Panthers, uh, would come in as freshmen and then come back as sophomores after a year of lifting weights and getting juiced, uh, you know, weighing 35, 40, 50 pounds heavier. And, you know, we just sort of grin shyly and, uh, and then play aggressively. So it was very clear, even in the NFL, we would see guys who would be at a playing weight of 280 pounds, which in the early 80s was a big lineman. And then he'd retire and we'd see him back a couple of years later and he'd be down around 210. And he'd just sort of smile and say, well, I'm off the juice. So there is no question that anabolic steroids did build muscle mass and are involved in strength, power, and speed. Now, the, the dark side of that is that right now in America, anabolic steroids are illegal. So that if you get anabolic steroids, whether it's from some contact at a gym, a weight place, or whatever, and they're usually manufactured either in Asia or in Mexico, and they're labeled in bottles, you know, that have labels like Eli Lilly or Pfizer or something, so that the unsuspecting athlete who's using them thinks that this is actually some medical-grade steroid. But these are all illegal manufactured drugs. There is no quality control. And, in fact, for all an athlete might know, they might be injecting olive oil or they could be injecting infected impure products And even if they're injecting pure steroids and they're getting exactly what they think they are, the next problem is that there are psychological altering forces involved in steroids that promote aggression. And it's well documented that there are a variety of individuals who had psychiatric breakdowns with uh, psychotic attacks. And the most highly publicized was the professional wrestler who murdered his wife and child and then killed himself. And he had been... uh, taking a, a great deal of steroids. Uh, other people that come to mind were Lyle Alzado, who suddenly died of cancer, a Pittsburgh Steeler, who suddenly developed a cardiomyopathy. Uh, his heart started failing. So that the long-term effects of taking these illegal drugs isn't known, and its psychological effects and health effects later may kill you. You know, you ask the, the guy who just died of uh, congestive heart failure from cardiomyopathy, what does his Super Bowl ring mean to him in the coffin? And it's probably not very much. Uh, so it's very, very dangerous. And for young high school athletes to be taking steroids, trying to get bigger, faster, stronger, is Russian roulette. They may wind up dead in a very short period of time injecting something that was manufactured illegally that they have no idea what it was. But it's, uh, 
I think that the dark side of human nature is that people will do anything that they can to win until they get caught at it. <laughs> you know, so it's going to be around, Sherwin. Is I, I think you're 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 right, and uh, we as team physicians, all we can do is continue to educate the public and families, trainers, coaches about the long-term dangers of many of these performance-enhancing drugs. You bet. Pierce, I want to thank you for being my guest on ReachMD. This is Dr. Sherwin Hohen. My guest today has been Pierce Scranton, former team physician for the Seattle Seahawks and author of Playing Hurt, Treating and Evaluating the Warriors of the NFL. We plan to have Dr. Scranton back as a guest on a future show to discuss his most recent book, Death on the Learning Curve, in which he examines the split-second life-and-death decisions that can make simple medical procedures go terribly wrong. We hope you'll be able to join us on ReachMD XM157, the channel for medical professionals. For questions and comments, please send your email to xm at reachmd.com or visit us at reachmd.com. Thank you for listening.